0: These games are always the hardest games, to be honest with you. These openers, because there's new people every year. Even if the staff is back, it's everybody's got more time to prepare for this one game. I mean, I'm talking about, you know, how you get on the bus, how we do pregame meal. I mean, just basic stuff, over 40 guys that weren't on our roster last year that you're trying to teach routine and things. And so, it's just a lot. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. That was Dabo Sweeney of last night's winner on the first football game ever broadcast on the new ACC network. It was Clemson 52. Georgia Tech, 14. Tigers entered that game number one in the preseason polls. They've won two of the last three national championships. Running back Travis Etienne looked amazing with 200-plus rushing yards. The new defensive line with last year's four starters all in the NFL actually dominated at times as well. That was one of the biggest takeaways for me. Trevor Lawrence had his ups and downs as a popular preseason Heisman candidate, the sophomore quarterback, And sure thing NFL prospect tossed a couple of interceptions just in the first half was far more good than bad in the long run, as the numbers indicate. Clemson 52, Georgia Tech 14. What will I be watching in other games this weekend? I got that question during the break. Half of my answer probably matches all of you. I'm intrigued by new coaches, and I'm intrigued by new quarterbacks. So I'll be watching at NC State. Matt McKay, I remember him from Wakefield High School. But he has sat and watched the last two years at NC State behind Ryan Finley. So he's the starter now. So I'm just intrigued. I think the Wolfpack will beat the Pirates. But I think most people are as intrigued as I am when it comes to especially the brand-new quarterbacks. So I'll be watching Matt McKay, new starter for the Wolfpack. Does Bailey Hockman even play? Dave Doran said, hey, uh, it's Matt McKay's job. There's no three-headed monster or two-headed monster. Dave Doran said that as a guest on our show just yesterday. But it feels good to have a guy in a backup that you have seen good things from here in the preseason, but it's also scary because you just don't know how Matt McKay, and not just him, but Sam Howell's a true freshman for the Tar Heels. You don't know how they're going to react when, in recent Wolfpack history, you've had guys like Jacoby Brissett and Ryan Finley as your starter on their way to the NFL. And in recent Carolina history, you've had a guy like Mitch Trubisky as your starter on his way to high first round draft status with the Chicago Bears. So, anytime you're turning that page, whatever excitement you have about the next guy can be sort of drowned out by anxiety because you're just, there's no sure thing when it comes to a first-time starter at quarterback. So half of what I watch, I think, is the same as most of what y'all watch. But the other half might just come from 33 years as a journalist. I wanted to see if Clemson's new starters on the defensive line would dominate. I know they're talented, but Clemson's a two-out-of-three national championship team in these last three years in large part because they've truly dominated the trenches. And as we talked about earlier this week, the defensive line is just one of those places where you can't press a button and plug in the next Prep All-American and expect to be as as good as Dexter Lawrence and Christian Wilkins and Cleveland Farrell and those guys. The early indications are good news for Brent Venable's defense at Clemson. 52-14 to 14 says a lot, and one of those scores came very late, so it was really holding the Yellow Jackets until to single digits until the end. But perspective, Georgia Tech and Louisville probably have the lowest expectations Among the 14 ACC football programs. We'll see how the other of those, Louisville, Scott Satterfield's debut is Monday night against number nine Notre Dame. That is your primetime Monday night football game in the absence of the NFL at eight o'clock on Labor Day evening on ESPN. We do have lines open. It is free for all Friday. We are following your lead. I did promise a little bit on the biggest national matchup of the weekend. But just as I will be watching Sam Howell of the Tar Heels against the Gamecocks, Matt McKay of the Pack against the Pirates, I'll even be watching Holton Aylers, a really highly recruited guy out of high school there in Greenville. He is the starter in year one for Mike Houston at QB for the Pirates. And Jamie Newman's a full-time starter at Wake now. How does he play against Utah State tonight? Do the Deeks need a lot of points? Because Utah State is bringing what they believe is a Heisman candidate, Jordan Love, Preseason offensive player of the year in the Mountain West Conference, a team that won 11 games last year. If Utah State really is that good offensively, well, maybe Jamie Newman, the new starter, started some last year, but, you know, christened the first stringer by Dave Clausen not long ago. I'll be watching him as well. The other stuff, and this just might make me. A true college football geek as we come to your questions, comments, and complaints, college football, NFL, and other things. I've got a little baseball, a little U.S. Open tennis. The NASCAR boys are in Darlington, South Carolina after a week off, and I'll be throwing out the first pitch at a minor league baseball playoff game tonight. The Burlington Royals of the Appalachian League have their first home playoff game in years tonight and I will be there at Burlington Athletic Stadium. The real first pitch is 6.30 p.m. My ceremonial first pitch will come a little bit before that. I look forward to seeing all of those folks out there a little bit later today, including some listeners. The geeky college football fan and media member in me is always intrigued by new dudes. In other words, pick any team in our state. Like I think Wake's going to be good. I know what Jamie Newman and his backup Sam Hartman look like at quarterback because I cover the ACC for a living. It's what I do. I know that they have a veteran running back named Cade Carney. I know that both of their offensive tackles are all ACC-type candidates. Okay. I know that they have a guy named Boogie Basham. Cool name. He's being asked to be the solution, the biggest hole in the Wake Forest armor, if you will, has been pass rush and third down defense. In other words, Dave Klaus and Deeks will slow you on first down, slow you on second down, maybe even get you into third and long. And then last year especially, it was like you do everything right on first down as a defense, everything right on second down. You got them right where you want them, and then they just kept giving up third and 12 conversion, third and 15 conversion, third and seven conversion. Those percentages are supposed to be in your favor to a great degree. So I'll be watching this guy boogie bash him. He's probably their best pass rusher. And the rest of that front, as they deal with tonight, Jordan Love, I don't know much about him beyond what I've read, but if you're sending me, as a national voter on college football awards, mints shaped like hearts because you have a quarterback, Jordan Love, I got to assume he's at least pretty good and going to challenge the Deacons' defense. I love new guys. Like, Darren, I could give you 10 Wolfpack players, prominent guys that I know what they look like already, right? Right? We have seen Mecca Amizi at wide receiver, right? We have seen Isaiah Moore at linebacker. James Smith-Williams, friend of the program, veteran defensive end. We've even seen their new wideout, Tabari Hines, because he's a transfer from Wake Forest and, all, and uh, Oregon, rather. So I know what they look like. But you give me a team, man, I've been around long enough to know that one of the things that makes preseason predictions the hardest, I would put it in the top two, actually. You know, in the sport of football, one of the two biggest complications, and I've been in the prognostication business for so long that it's one of the reasons that we sell our preseason magazines like hotcakes. ACC basketball preview every year. 25 years after I created that magazine, it still sells like hotcakes. Same with preseason football. Our staff and I know what we're talking about, and we're not going to help you win every bet at the betting window, but we're going to paint an accurate picture for you. You know what, the two things that complicate. You could be the genius. You could know every starter, every backup, every coach, every coordinator. You could be halfway to a football coach's understanding of X's and O's. You know what hurts the most? What complicates your preseason prognostications, specifically in football, the most? Even compared to college basketball, two things, injuries and new guys. Darren, when you and I are talking about preseason college basketball, A, there aren't nearly as many season-ending injuries, occasionally, but rarely. And B, we know what the new guys look like in basketball. Like, several are prep all Americans. We saw them in the McDonald's game. Our recruiting analysts tell us about them. Like, there are no surprises in college basketball at the bigger programs anymore. We know what their incoming freshmen look like nine times out of ten. And then every once in a while, wow, where'd that guy come from, right? But for the most part, the freshmen don't surprise us. And for the most part, there's no season-ending injuries, or at minimal. Throw both of those out the window in football, right? Season-ending injuries for everybody. And then what do you really know about the newcomers? If I'm a Wolfpack fan and I expect to beat the Pirates tomorrow, as we come to your calls, 1-800-849-2761, Luke happens to want in on that game. I'll tell you what to watch if you tune in for Oregon against Auburn, Tar Heels against Gamecocks, Duke, Alabama or some of the other higher-profile matchups that matter in our backyard, you can be next at 1-800-849-2761. I know this is true. DG is a geek territory. I know. But State, beyond the guys we've already seen, have a red shirt, has a redshirt freshman linebacker named Peyton Wilson from right here in the triangle. Could have been a star last year as a true freshman, but was dealing with a serious injury that he suffered in high school. Dying to see what the guy looks like. Really good player. I don't know if he'll be a star as a redshirt freshman. My money is on him, if healthy, developing into a star for the Wolfpack. It's only a matter of the timetable. State has a running back we know, Ricky Person. We know what he looks like. He's a good player, right? When healthy, he's very good. They have a backup. His name is Zonovan Knight. All right? True freshman, right out of high school. Special talent. Again, I don't know the timetable. I don't claim to have that crystal ball but injuries are unpredictable in most cases, and the new dudes can reshape your opinion of a team significantly in the first handful of weeks of a college football season. Again, it just rarely happens in basketball. Occasionally, there's the surprise freshman. It happens at every team, even in the schools that we cover most closely. What do those two guys look like at state this weekend to the degree they get a lot of playing time? Wake has a backup running back. Now, again, we know what Cade Carney looks like. He's really good. Veteran. Kenneth Walker. Keep an eye on him, Darren Vaught. Tonight against Utah State. Defensive end, Ja'Cory Johns. What's Wake need the most? Pass rush. He's a really talented redshirt freshman defensive end. Is he ready to be a star? I don't claim to know. But Kenneth Walker at running back, Ja'Cory Johns at defensive end. Geeky DG is dying to see these dudes and how they impact. Now, the more obvious ones, Sam Howell, true freshman quarterback for the Tar Heels, but he's not the only newcomer that could reshape what you think of the 2019 Tar Heels. Again, half of what I'm watching, same as what you're watching. The other half is peeling the onion a little bit, but if you're a a Virginia fan, there's a freshman running back named Mike Hollins. Just remember me. Maybe on my birthday, maybe around Christmas, maybe send me a pumpkin pie at Thanksgiving because I told you ahead of time about Mike Hollins, the Virginia freshman running back. If you're a Hokies fan, there's a linebacker named Allen Tisdale. You're going to like him a lot, a lot. As the Hokies, remember, were horrible last year on defense, which rarely happens under Bud Foster. This kid's going to be part of the solution at linebacker. They also happen to have in Virginia Tech freshman running back Keyshawn King. Don't forget me. Remember that I promised you some of these names were on their way. They matter a lot. It's more of a guessing game with the new dudes. It's more of a did-you-do-your-homework with the returning starters, right? And that's why we have a pretty good track record for prognostications and we're classifying State and Wake and Duke as middle expectations, Tar Heels, Pirates, and others with lower expectations. 1-800-849-2761. Luke is in Raleigh. And next on the David Glenn Show, you can follow with your question, comment, or complaint at 1-800-849-2761. Luke, welcome to Free For All Friday. Go ahead and steer our ship. I Appreciate it, D.G. Um, Vegas has state at seven and a half wins this year. I'm just curious if if you would take the over or under on that. And also, I think they're up and up as a uh, 17-point favorite versus the Pirates tomorrow. Just want to get your thoughts if you would take the spread on that, and uh, appreciate it. Is one of my options not betting that game at the betting window? Because as <laughs> I mentioned, as I mentioned earlier, when I saw all these numbers, you know what my first reaction was? The wise guys are really good at their jobs. That, like when I see Carolina's at four and a half wins, you got to go over or under, folks. I could see, I could see how they'd make a run at six and six in a bowl, and I can see how the bottom could fall out in year one under Mac Brown. I probably would not touch the Wolfpack at seven and a half. If you forced me, I'll say over. But when I glance at all these numbers, most of it, my first reaction is they're really good at their jobs, and that's why they don't lose in the long run. They might lose on a given bet, they don't lose overall. The biggest number that jumps out at me in the whole list for our in state teams is Wake at six wins. I'm not saying I I reserve the ranch, farm, and dog special for the true locks. I don't like to throw around the word lock too often. We, but there's, there's no ranch, farm, and dog special in this list, but the closest is Wake Forest at six wins. Maybe just the ranch and the farm, but not the dog, on Wake winning more than six games this year. 1-800-849-2761. And the Wolfpack's going to beat the Pirates tomorrow. The only road for the Pirates to win would be if the if the pack somehow has quarterback chaos. And I'm not predicting that, uh, but they're they're just Dave Doran has a trenches first mentality. And they have veterans on the defensive line, veterans on the offensive line. And when you are good in the trenches, you are less vulnerable to the shocking upset. Doesn't mean it can't happen. It just means it's less likely. Why? Well, because every time the ball is snapped, the Wolfpack has the advantage against the Pirates at the line of scrimmage. Every single offensive snap, every single defensive snap. That's a big advantage. So you would need a special quarterback with special skill players to overcome a deficit in the trenches. Now, can Holt Nailers and those guys do that for the Pirates? Maybe, but I would not bet on it. I think, the Pir- I think the Wolfpack will beat the Pirates tomorrow. And what did he say the spread was? Like, I truly do not follow spreads that 17 closely. 17 points, most of the I think time. is what he said. See, you know, my first reaction again is that those guys are good at their job. I, I kept, I think one, a friend of the program who follows Georgia Tech told me that I should put the ranch farm and the dog on the Yellow Jackets, not to win, of course, but to cover. And I said, man, like when you get up to 36 points, I think that's what it was. 36 points. We know that Clemson is going to route Georgia Tech. This is what I told my friend. And this particular friend sometimes will bet large amounts of money based on my input and only tell me after that he bet the money. And I'm like, man, you make me very nervous (laughs) when you do that. Don't do it. Like, I am happy to share whatever wisdom and expertise I can, given that I follow this stuff for a living. My brother years ago asked me to go through an entire football season giving him picks just to see if he would have beat Vegas with the picks that we shared given what I do for a living. And he came out ahead, but after the, the 10%, you know, it came out only a little bit ahead. Like, was it worth all that? You know, you're you're certainly not building the kid's college tuition fund. Now, if it was worth it to come out barely ahead for entertainment value and say you beat Vegas over 12 weeks with the help of your brother in North Carolina who runs a magazine and a website and a radio show, well, God bless you. If it's worth it, let's pull it off. But most of the time, I'm thinking, yeah, I'd probably set the spread at 17 points for Wolfpack over Pirates. And what did I say to my Georgia Tech friend as I tried to talk him out of the Yellow Jackets plus 36? I said, Clemson is going to be up 40-something to 7 or 10, and it's going to be the fourth quarter. And for you to really put that money at stake, you are essentially betting on what backups are going to do against backups. Like, why would you put your money out, right? Okay, so Clemson's up 30 late, which exactly did happen. Are you you betting whatever amount of money based on garbage touchdowns and field goals by either side? And I was like, I'm telling you, man, don't do it. I would stay away from the game entirely. Were the wise guys wise to set the spread at 36? Hell yeah, they were. Final score, 52 to 14. That is a 38-point difference. If one team had one more or less field goal, it swings the other way. As third stringers are populating the field late in the fourth quarter. That does not seem a wise investment to me, even when you know who's going to win the game because the wise guys in Vegas definitely have done their homework the overwhelming majority of the time. 1-800-849-2761. If I see one, I will share it. You know my rule there, though, Darren. Those who don't say thank you for the wins, don't come crying to me for the occasional surprising (laughs) loss. It does not work that way here at the David Glenn Show. It's okay if you don't thank us for the ones we help you get right. No problem. That's what we're here for. You don't need to thank us. We thank you just for listening. Don't go barking. Don't go barking if we steer you wrong occasionally, because that is also part of the nature of this business. Thank yous followed by complaints. At least you're balancing it out a little bit. Maybe send us a little percentage after your big victory. I got one kid in college and another on the way soon, man. 1-800-849-2761. More fun with college football. When Oregon plays Auburn tomorrow night, ABC National TV. It is the only top 25 versus top 25 matchup, according to one poll, in the entire extended weekend. There are good reasons to watch both teams, both coaches, and both quarterbacks. Most of my attention is on games closer to home. But that is as close to must-see TV in the national picture this weekend as anything else. I'll tell you about those teams, those quarterbacks, and those coaches as we come back to your calls. 1-800-849-2761. NFL cut weekend. College football week one ramping up and continuing through Monday night. World Cup International basketball, Major League Baseball's home stretch, the U.S. Tennis Open, NASCAR in Darlington. It's all fair game for your questions, comments, or complaint. 1-800-849-2761 is how you can be next on The David Glenn Show. Mac Brown of the University of North Carolina. We gotta win now. Let's don't start looking at rebuilding. Let's don't talk about how bad we are. Let's don't talk about we're not better than anybody. Let's figure out how to win. And that's what we've done. And, and the Coastal, because it's been up in the air every year, why shouldn't we have a chance? Keep it dialed in to the David Glenn Show. David Glenn show we do have lines open for the first time in a long time I got a question about baseball's home stretch of the regular season I won't go too far into that because we have so much college football on our plate cut day is tomorrow in the NFL Panthers and otherwise go from 90 to 53 plus the practice squad if you have a question, a comment, a complaint about anything in the sports universe, we carve out one out of every five shows to allow for more calls. Since when we went syndicated and statewide long ago, it has been harder for you to participate in the program. Some days we don't take any calls. Fridays we take as many as we can. 1-800-849-2761 is how you can steer our ship with a question, comment, or complaint. Again, the parameters are broad. Anything involving the sports world or our show or a combination of those things is fair game for your question comment or a complaint college football is front and center the NFL lingers in the background of course no more games all for all preseason finales were last night Panthers over Steelers and otherwise Tomorrow afternoon, you will see a lot of subtractions and an occasional addition to these NFL rosters as you must hand in a 53-man active roster and no more than 10 guys on your practice squad by the next time we're together, 1-800-849-2761. As we come to your calls, college football and otherwise, the one thing I promised, Number 11 Oregon against Number 16 Auburn. In Texas, one of these kickoff games at a neutral site, 7.30 tomorrow night ABC. If you're wondering about the national picture, this is as close to a game that matters that we have in college football because just as Georgia Tech was not going to threaten Clemson last night, Duke is not going to beat number two Alabama in Atlanta this weekend. So it's, Alab- it's Auburn against Oregon, and here's why I believe it's worth watching. If you're into quarterbacks or if you're into following coaching journeys or you just like it because it is – the only top 25 versus top 25 matchup that we have to offer, all worth tuning in for. Here's the bottom line as I watch from afar, even though I don't watch these teams as closely as I do those in the ACC or across North Carolina, 1-800-849-2761. The Oregon Ducks have an NFL prospect, meaning first rounder, in Justin Herbert at the quarterback position. The Ducks as a whole also are carrying the weight of the Pac-12 conference in football because they are often irrelevant. The SEC is never irrelevant in football, ever. The ACC was mocked for decades and deservedly so when it came to football, even as they were winning in virtually every other sport we follow, especially basketball last six years not so much you know as half the national titles in football the atlantic coast conference the little old acc winning more basketball titles than anybody else by a lot and winning three of the last six in football two under dabo but also that one under jimbo fisher at florida state not too 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 long ago pack the pac 12 has been mostly missing not only national titles i mean you you knew that off the top of your head probably They're not even getting into the dances. They're not even part of the conversation most years. They're left out of the four-team college football playoff most of the time. The ACC is not the super heavyweight of football, but you know what they don't miss ever? The college football playoff. You might make fun of the ACC's second or third or fourth best team. Say they don't have this, they don't have that, they don't have depth, whatever. They've won three of the last six, and they're in the college football playoff every year. Oregon is not the only candidate from the Pac-12, but the people who follow that league say that the number 11 Ducks are the best candidate from that league. You can't be an afterthought in the college football playoff year after year after year as a Power 5 league and still be taken seriously. The Big 12 has Oklahoma this year and has had Oklahoma in the rearview mirror representing or carrying that flag, as we say here. The Texas Longhorns are a popular pick as a surprise team from, like, elsewhere in the top 25. We haven't seen them in those college football playoff conversations, the Longhorns, but some believe this could be the year for a breakthrough. So who knows? If it's the Sooners or the Longhorns, well, then the Big 12 is part of the conversation. The Big Ten, usually because of Ohio State, sometimes a Wisconsin or somebody else in the conversation. So four of the five are regularly in the conversation. The Pac-12 is not. That sort of thing is at stake, not only with Oregon getting a shot at Auburn of the SEC, but with the Ducks as the preseason pick there. That's one subplot worth following. As Justin Herbert may be coming soon to your favorite NFL team or maybe your least favorite, and that's one reason to watch the Ducks, Does this name ring a bell on the other side of the Oregon-Auburn matchup in Texas tomorrow night? Bo Nix. If you're, all right, Darren, you're representing the 20-somethings and 30-somethings. Hal and Rayford once in on Free For All Friday. He is exercising his freedoms. We're taking other calls at 1-800-849-2761. 20-somethings and 30-somethings. The last name, Nix. Nix. Specifically with Auburn football, specifically the quarterback position, does it ring a bell, or do you? Do you no, even... I was going to ask any relation to Stevie Nicks, but I know <laughs> that's spelled differently. <laughs> yeah. Very well done. Yes, that would be an N-I-C-K-S. Yeah. If you need either my wife or my daughter to sing with tears in their eyes a Stevie Nicks song, you can bring up that Nicks. <laughs> uh, what is the what is their famous what is her famous song? The uh, she's singing about the mountains. Oh, somebody will remind me of what that is. The tear, the tears in your eyes, Stevie Nicks song. I don't, uh, I don't uh, know exactly uh, you'll, what's coming up. You'll know mind. exactly what I'm talking about in a second. It's not reflections, but I'm, I'm forgetting. Anyway, Bo Nicks is a true freshman starting quarterback for the Auburn Tigers as they're ranked 16 in the preseason, taking on number 11 Oregon tomorrow night, Neutra Field in Texas. Bo Nicks is the first true freshman quarterback To start a season opener at Auburn since 1946, Sam Howell, Tar Heels against the Gamecocks, first true freshman quarterback to start at QB in a season opener, they believe, in the history of UNC football. Auburn, same set of circumstances, first since 1946. Bo Nix is the son of former starting Auburn quarterback Patrick Nix who's also his coach at the high school level. So Bo Nix worth watching for that set of history-making reasons and father-son reasons, Justin Herbert of the Ducks, the other half of a compelling quarterback matchup. Gus Malzahn is the seventh-year head coach of Auburn. Remember, in his first year, he's playing against Jimbo Fisher in Florida State in the national championship game. That Gus Malzahn was like the breakthrough head coach in the SEC. He has those, the Auburn Tigers won it all with Cam Newton under that Gene Chiswick guy. They played for it all under this Gus Malzon guy, still their head coach. Why is he described as a hot seat coach? Well, when you play for the national title in year one, but you have only eight wins and five losses in year six, that is what we call a downward trend, a decline. And in SEC country, that puts you squarely on the hot seat. So you have seventh-year head coach Gus Malzahn of Auburn in the same top 25 versus top 25 matchup representing the Tigers. Mario Cristobal is the second-year head coach at Oregon. Now, I don't know if they call him a hot seat coach. He's only been there for one year. But he's the guy that was fired as the head coach at Florida International. That is not the, nor- the normal resume that has you getting what has become a good job. Oregon 30 years ago was nothing. Oregon, thanks to Nike and Chip Kelly and others and Phil Knight, matters a lot in the sports world now, much more than three decades ago. You don't typically go from being fired as the head coach of a Sunbelt conference program to being hired by Nike in Oregon in Pac-12 country. Well, Mario Cristobal was. He kind of rehabilitated his reputation after getting fired as a head coach seven years ago at FIU. He was hired and rose the ladder on Nick Saban's offensive staffs at Alabama. Then he was on Willie Taggart's staff at Oregon. So when Taggart, after only one year, was hired by Florida State away from Oregon, Mario Cristobal was promoted from within. So he finds himself in this number 11 preseason ranking circumstance with this NFL prospect Justin Herbert as your quarterback circumstance yes Ducks fans will be scrutinizing Mario Cristobal just as Auburn fans are scrutinizing the hot seat coach Gus Malzahn 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket into the program it is worth watching for multiple reasons that is your highest profile national game that college football has to offer. 1-800-849-2761. Hal is in Rayford, North Carolina, and a friend of the program. Welcome to Free For All Friday. Go right ahead. Beautiful Friday afternoon, D.G. How you doing, brother? I am doing great, man. What are the temperatures like out there? I was told to expect to, like, sweat through my Burlington Royals jersey as I throw out the pitch tonight, because it's supposedly high 80s across much of North Carolina. It's about 87 down here in Hope County, So right. I think after the sun starts to go down, you're going to hit the low 80s, so you'll be fine. All right, cool. What you got on your mind? Well, I'm, I'm I'm not going to let you off the hook. Last week, you kind of dodged me, so uh, uh, what what did I not say? <laughs> well, no, we were talking about the ACC network, and I was okay. mentioning, am I a homer for thinking that the ACC network would go three to, in three to five years with either equal or surpass the SEC network, or am I just? Uh, Am I homer or is it something that can actually happen? But uh, before you answer, I want to give a shout-out to the game tomorrow, NC State and ECU. We've got a Hoke County product on the purple side of the field. Andre Pegues, number 81, he's a great football player, but he's a better kid than he is a football player, man. Keep an eye on him. Appreciate the shout-out. Thanks to Hal and Rayford for his support over many, many years. I think it will be hard for the ACC network to surpass the SEC network. I would not bet on that. The passion from that fan base toward the SEC and that channel, I believe is unrivaled even by the Big Ten network, which has been a success as well. The ACC, we all know, has more passionate basketball fans, but not quite as many passionate football fans. Some schools, yes, Clemson, Florida State, Virginia Tech, Miami, uh, even NC State and others are intensely passionate about their football on a routine basis. What favors the ACC is that they have a larger geographic footprint. So, in other words, there are more people living in ACC states, more TV households in ACC states than there are in SEC states. So even if you don't get quite the same percentage, you could catch the SEC network. In the long run, what happens with TV ratings? If not enough people are watching your channel, and the Big Ten has learned this, the the SEC has learned this, the Pac-12, which is still just squirming seven years after the launch of their channel. If not enough people care... You can't renew your carriers at the same price. If lots of people care, and of course they have ratings that reflect how many people are watching not only the live football or basketball games, but other lower-profile things and even your features and documentaries, at the beginning you can charge whatever price you've negotiated. Over time, the price only goes up if you have lots and lots of viewers and the price goes down. It's just the laws of economics if you don't have enough viewers. Well, guess what? The Pac-12 doesn't have enough passionate college sports fans – to bolster their network period and they are drowning seven years after their launch big 10 bigger markets enough passion that they're making a lot of money sec has the most subscribers at an even higher rate than what the big 10 typically gets on average for its channel so it's the biggest success story right if you have the most subscribers at the highest rate it's really hard to catch you the ACC, I think, could catch the number of subscribers. Not at launch. That's an unreasonable request. Nobody launches at full distribution. Most people who are criticizing the ACC for that right now don't understand how this stuff works. Nobody had full distribution at launch, period, in the history of these channel, these conf- college channels. It's just never happened, maybe never will happen. But the ACC had six of the largest seven, all but Comcast, Xfinity, by the time Georgia Tech and Clemson kicked off last night. That is a success story. So um, um, I like the ACC's chance of building an economic model that gets close to what the SEC has. I, I would not bet on the ACC catching or surpassing the success of the SEC network. Too many things have changed in the pay TV cord-cutting world. Uh, you, you all know many of those dynamics. The SEC launched at a better time five years ago. And with a great partner, same partner as the ACC, ESPN slash Disney. So it's going to be a success story. It's just a matter of the size of the success story. The ACC already is more successful than the seven-year-old Pac-12 network by every measuring stick on earth. It's actually not far from the number of subscribers the Big Ten network has. Twelve years after launch, the Big Ten has 50 to 60 million subscribers. A week after launch... The ACC network, it's hard to know the exact number, but I would guess they have 40 million subscribers already. That's pretty darn good a week in. Uh, and will they catch? I don't know. But I think they're going to put themselves in the Big Ten SEC neighborhood financially with their channel. It's going to take a while to catch them in the bigger revenue picture. Uh, and that's a step, huge step up above the Pac-12. And because the Big 12 doesn't even have its own channel yet, I think it. Gives the ACC an edge on that Power Five League as well. All right, I knew it was Landslide, right? To my love. Right? Yeah, yeah, I knew this I mean, come on. The name of it escaped me at the time. I thought mountains because she's describing snow covered hills. Right. Come on, man. Not the same thing. (laughs) This is one of the great songs of my generation. Landslide. I guess technically the credit does go to Fleetwood Mac. Fleetwood Mac. Right. Stevie Nicks is the vocalist. Come on, man. I could listen to this all day. My wife and daughter, forget about it, man. If I have bad news to deliver in the Glenn household, not so much my daughter. I mean, we know who's the boss and who's not there. It's it's more of a it's more of a dictatorship, uh, close to it when it comes to my parenting skills. <laughs> <laughs> Maritally. I got something rough to deliver, and you know my feisty wife's personality there. I'm not out of school there when I say that. You've seen the feisty, lovely, and talented ring. I have. I'm envisioning you uh, John Cusack style with a boombox over sure. your head playing this Oh, one. forget about it. She's a feisty New Yorker from Sicily, for crying out loud. There's just layers of feistiness there. Even after 20-plus years, I'm softening her up with a little Fleetwood Mac landslide. I've got the boom box out. And then at the very end, as the tears are pouring down her cheeks and she probably sang out loud with Stevie Nicks, that's when I hit her with whatever bad news I have to deliver. 1-800-849-2761. I think she may join me at the Burlington Royals game tonight. I'm not sure. Frankly, if I bring her, nobody's going to watch me throw out the first pitch. (laughs) I'm just going to ask Maria to stand in the on-deck circle, and even the camera will pan to the lovely and talented over there with the boys in the dugout. 1-800-849-2761. Frankly, that's the way it should be for the record. More of your free-for-all Friday phone calls on the other side. Of course, later Jimmy Buffett will take us into the weekend with a little lovely cruise. We are halfway to Margaritaville, and we hope you are too. Steve in Apex wants to be next on free-for-all Friday on the David Glenn Show. Mike Lupica, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Sports used to be called the toy department, and I said, look at the political scene and and, and tell me that's any more real or, or more serious than what we see when people say, oh, stick to sports. Well, who passed that law? You're listening to The David Glenn Show. Welcome back to The David Glenn Show. Welcome back to Free For All Friday. This is your last shot at exercising those freedoms questions, comments, complaints, predictions. It is a fascinating, perhaps intriguing for sure, college football schedule that awaits us. Good luck to the good luck to the Deeks tonight hosting 11 wins from last year Utah State. Good luck to Mac Brown as a first-year coach against South Carolina, first-year part 2, against the Gamecocks in Charlotte, Mike Houston, first-year guy at ECU as the Pirates head to NC State. Will Healy Got his first win last night for the Charlotte 49ers, a high-energy young coach trying to turn that FBS program around. Duke is at Alabama. David Cutcliffe will need all the help he can get and all the luck that he can get. And the more intriguing games to me in other parts of our region or the ACC, it feels strange to say this at the end of August, but they're actually conference games that matter. It's only the fourth time in three decades of ACC football that there have been this many conference games, meaning ACC versus ACC. So Clemson crushed Georgia Tech last night the way way we knew they would in a conference matchup. BC-Virginia Tech and UVA-Pitt are both ACC network games. And they're both games that matter in the standings, right? There are a handful of teams you just can't picture making a run at a trip to the ACC title game in Charlotte. If you see that in Carolina or Georgia Tech or Louisville or a few others, even Duke or NC State, given the presence of Clemson in the Wolfpack's division or even Wake Forest for that matter, being in Charlotte is a high goal. David Cutcliffe has taken Duke there. Carolina was there under Larry Fedora, right? The Wolfpack and the Deacons are in that other division, and there has been a roadblock there or two for a while. But that's a high goal, and it's not outrageous for the Hokies or the Cavaliers to dream, or, or Miami for that matter. They haven't played a conference game yet. They lost to the Gators of Florida in the SEC. It's not an outrageous goal for the Hokie fans or the Cavs fans to think they can get there. So this weekend, it's actually a triple header tomorrow on the ACC Network. Georgia Tech-Clemson last night, Utah State-Wake tonight, ACC Network exclusively. You can watch like 11 straight hours of football on the ACC Network tomorrow, and for different reasons, I think they're all interesting matchups. Our big tailgate tour game, ECUNC State at noon, followed by Virginia Tech at Boston College, followed by UVA at Pitt a triple header on the new channel, that is the carrot at the end of the stick. That is what they've been trying to get you to do as they ask you to find a carrier and subscribe to it for the ACC network. Again, don't be that guy who was surprised last night or tonight or tomorrow. If you thought you had this channel and you don't, you got to pay for the channel through a carrier. Otherwise, there's no magic side door or back door, at least not a legal side door or back door if you want to enjoy any of those ACC network games. On the other side, we will be coming down the stretch to the sounds of Jimmy Buffett. We try to make it a lovely cruise for you five days a week here on The David Glenn Show. We apologize for occasionally steering you into the rocks accidentally. It'll be that Jimmy Buffett guy playing that lovely cruise song as we come down the stretch next. He's the UVA head basketball coach, Tony Bennett. You always believed in us. I guess you were the wind beneath our wings. There you go. How's that? <laughs> Do we but, have uh, background music? That's for that? right. That's Beth Medler. there we go. You are the wind beneath my wings. Keep it right here on The David Glenn Show. <laughs> This David Glenn Show. We are coming down the stretch on today's program. As we wish everybody a happy Labor Day weekend and listen to Jimmy Buffett's lovely cruise take us more than halfway to Margaritaville. We wish everybody a 5-F three-day weekend. Darren, you know what that means? Family, friends, food, football, and fun. You squeeze all five of those Fs into this weekend, that's a full weekend. We'll see you all over the state of North Carolina. I'm jacked up about college football, not only the games. We'll see you at the ECUNC State game. Come see us next to Backyard Bistro from 9 to 11.30 a.m. with our tents, games, prizes, and Continental Tire Toss. Then we all head into Carter Finley for the Pirates versus the Wolfpack. Good weekend in Major League Baseball. I'll see you tonight at the Burlington Royals Minor League Playoff Baseball game. I will be throwing out the first pitch. Good luck to Team USA at the World Cup of Basketball NFL Cuts tomorrow. Enjoy the games. We'll see you Tuesday on the David Glenn Show.